But uh, all three of us were going to plan to head to Michigan uh, to celebrate Thanksgiving uh, this past Thursday. Uh, but my family got COVID as well. And then my family uh, it eventually got spread over to my grandparents. My grandparents still weren't quite out of quarantine. Um, so rather, rather than celebrating Thanksgiving in Michigan like we originally planned, uh, we kidnapped my younger sister, Mackenzie, and uh, we celebrated Thanksgiving with her. Um, and then on Thanksgiving Day, um, we went over. Over, uh, to Pastor Alan Kane's house over uh, at Lawrenceville, um, the pastor at our sister church, um, as my other sister, Amber, uh, Alan's daughter-in-law, was also in town, um, and they were gracious enough uh, to invite us to celebrate Thanksgiving with the Kane uh, family, and we enjoyed that. And Dan Kane was also there, the pastor at our sister church over in Troy, uh, Jacob Ballard, uh, Alan's uh, other uh, son-in-law. He uh, was there as well, the pastor at our sister church in Indiana. Um, and come to think of it, uh, my brother-in-law Josiah was there as well, a pastor at uh, our sister church up in Michigan. So we had, I guess, a mini pastor outing there celebrating Thanksgiving at the Kane House. And we had a good time there. And I hope that you all were able to enjoy your Thanksgiving as well. Um, I'm sure for many of you, like me, it probably looked different this year celebrating Thanksgiving than it normally would have. But uh, whatever it looked like, whatever your Thanksgiving day looked like, I hope that you were able um, to enjoy it and to give thanks to the Lord our God for his love is everlasting. And so now that we are officially over with Thanksgiving, now we can officially transition into uh, the Christmas season. Jamie and I, we, we, had, we have had our Christmas tree up for about three or four weeks now, um, uh, as this year has not been the best, and we were just ready to celebrate Christmas, get the Christmas holly jolly mood around. So we put our Christmas tree up long ago. Who else has their Christmas tree up already? Raise your hands if you have your Christmas tree up. Wow, me and Birdie, uh, we're the only ones in here. The rest of you guys, we're, we're dealing with a bunch of Scrooges here, Birdie. Um, uh, but I was ready to, to get into uh, the Christmas spirit. Christmas is generally my favorite season of the year as we celebrate uh, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you've got Christmas music. I love Christmas music. People are in a holly jolly mood. Uh, you get uh, generally more time with family, and it's just generally been my favorite time of the year um, growing up, and I expect that to continue um, as Christmas is just a great time uh, to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so starting this Sunday, we're going to be talking about uh, the Christmas story, the, the true reason for the season. As we have all this fun celebrating all, all the festivities of the Christmas season, we, we, we can't forget the true reason of the season. And let me tell you, that, that is so hard to do when you're having so much time listening to uh, some of uh, the Christmas music out there, when you're watching the Christmas movies, when you're hanging out with family sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to forget the true reason for the season. But we as Christians, we as God's church, we cannot forget the true reason of the season. And it all reflects around the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We all know that. It just slips our mind from time to time, and we have to focus on the true reason 
reason for the season, and that's the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus. And so starting this Sunday, we're, we're going to kind of go through this Christmas story, the birth of Jesus Christ, but we're going to do it a little differently this year. This year, we're going to kind of take a look at a different perspective, different characters of the Christmas story. I kind of got this idea uh, from, uh, of going through the different uh, perspective, different characters of the Christmas story um, from David Carn, a pastor at uh, the Grace Community Church in North Carolina. And, and so we're going to spend four weeks, the four weeks leading up to Christmas, looking at different characters. We're going to start off with Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Spoiler alert, uh, we're going to be, uh, next week we're going to talk about Joseph, and then the third week we'll talk about wise men and the shepherds, and then the last week, which I'm excited about, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Simeon, uh, maybe someone who you are not too familiar with in uh, the Christmas story, as he kind of plays a minor but important part for each and every one of us. So I look forward to digging in, uh, digging deep into uh, the Christmas story, the true reason as to why we celebrate uh, this Christmas season. But before I, I get too far, and I just want to go ahead and, and, and open up with a word of prayer again, and just really remember the true reason of the season. So if you'll bow with me. Father, I just thank you uh, for, for gathering us all here together again Father, I thank you for this time of year, this Christmas season, where we can uh, really just celebrate the birth of your Son, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. And Father, I just pray that as we have fun uh, with the Christmas music, the movies, family, and so forth, um, I pray that we don't forget uh, the true reason for this season, and, and that is the birth of your Son. And I just pray on a daily basis you remind us of this, that we can be encouraged um, by the story that we can have hope in our lives. And so, Father, we love you, we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So now, Mary, as we start this series talking about the characters of Christmas, Mary is probably the second major character in the Christmas story, only behind the baby boy, Jesus himself. And so I'm excited to dig into the perspective of Mary. And to do that, we're going to need to open God's Word. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 1. Generally, uh, the nativity scene, the Christmas story is, is talked about, described in the books of Matthew and Luke. And this morning, we're going to take a look at Luke chapter 1. And we're going to be reading uh, from verses 26 through 38 through the perspective of Mary. Before we read that, though, I want to give you guys a bit of background. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary had a cousin named Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, she was married to a priest named Zechariah. So there's Mary, the, the eventual mother of Jesus, and then her cousin, cousin Elizabeth. Her cousin Elizabeth is married to Zechariah. And Zechariah is a priest. All of a sudden, out of the blue, one day as Zechariah was doing his priestly duties, an angel named Gabriel told Zechariah that his wife, Elizabeth, would give birth to a baby boy. 
Now, this was going to be a special birth because Elizabeth, she was barren at this point in time. She didn't have any, any kids. And we don't know uh, what exactly her age is, but it describes her uh, being of old age. And so this is going to be a miraculous birth as this angel is predicting this birth. He's going to know uh, when, when it is taking place. He's telling Zechariah. So this is, is already a, a miraculous birth, a miraculous baby boy. But it, but it doesn't stop there either. This baby boy, this angel, this angel Gabriel tells Zechariah that their precious baby boy, who they're supposed to name John, he is to prepare the way for the Messiah. That would have been awesome because the Jews, they, they were waiting for the Messiah to come for thousands of years. And finally, out of this blue, an angel comes to uh, the, this priest named Zechariah, and he says that, hey, man, listen, your wife is going to give birth to the man who is to prepare the way for the Messiah. So already, this is going to, to turn out to be one very, very important, special family. But it continues uh, as uh, th this was one special family, but it didn't stop there. As Mary, the cousin of Elizabeth, we all know, spoiler alert, that Mary gave birth to Jesus, who was the actual Messiah. So this was one very special, important family uh, that we are dealing with as uh, Mary's cousin is about to give birth to uh, the man who is preparing the way for the Messiah. And so it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it reads, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And so here we, we, we have Mary, again, kind of the character that we're focusing on today. And all of a sudden, uh, as Mary's cousin Elizabeth, she's six months pregnant. And as her cousin Elizabeth, Elizabeth is six months pregnant with the man who would prepare the way for the Messiah, that same angel Gabriel comes to deliver news to Mary. And we find out that Mary here, she is betrothed to a man named Joseph. Basically, that means that, that Mary and Joseph, they are engaged. And we're going to talk more about that next week as we kind of take a look at the Christmas story through the perspective of Joseph. But here we, we see the angel Gabriel coming to talk to Mary. In verse 28, it reads, And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And so all of a sudden, this angel in all of his glory and majesty, he comes and talks to Mary. And he greets Mary by saying, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. What a greeting that would be coming from an angel. Greetings, O favored one. So apparently Mary, we don't really have much background about Mary before this event, but apparently Mary, she was favored by God. She was obedient to God, and, and, and God was with Mary throughout her life. And so this angel is greeting her in, in this fine, majestic way, and Mary, she, she's kind of caught off guard a little bit. It says that she was greatly troubled at the same, as it, it would catch me off guard. I know if an angel came and say, oh, favored one, the Lord is with you, and kind of greeting you with, with, with praise and honor there. And so Mary, she was kind of caught off guard there. 
And so it continues in verse 30. It says, And the angel Gabriel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and, we, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. And so out of this blue, this angel comes and talks to Mary. And, and, and this angel informs Mary. He says, hey, listen. You are going to give birth to the Son of the Most High. You're going to give birth to the Son of God. And this Son of God, he, he, he is going to possess the throne of David forever. That's talking about the kingdom hope that we have, the kingdom hope that they had all the way back then. And this would have been quite the shock for Mary. I mean, if it were me, if it were me, an angel coming to tell me that, hey, uh, Jamie would, would, would give birth to uh, the, the coming Messiah, if the Messiah hadn't come, I would be in disbelief. I would be in disbelief that the God would, would, would choose me personally um, to deliver uh, the Messiah. Um, and, and I can't imagine what was going through the mind of Mary at this moment as her life was about to change very, very dramatically, as this angel tells her that she is going to give birth to the Son of the Most High, the Son of God. And so what's Mary's response? Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? See, see Mary, we, we see that she is a reasonable person. She is a logical person. She says, how in the world could it be that I would give birth to the Son of God since I am just a virgin. For those of you guys uh, who didn't pass your middle school uh, health class, people who are virgins don't give birth to children. And so here, Mary, she was like, how in this world could this possibly be? And so the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And so after Mary questions, how in this world is this supposed to take place? Because naturally, that, that would not take place. And so she's asking, how in the world could this possibly be? And so the angel, Angel Gabriel, he kind of describes uh, the, the process very briefly. And he says, basically, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit from God, is going to come upon you, and you will conceive, and you will give birth to the Son of God. He will literally be the son of God as it is God's spirit conceiving Mary here. And so Mary, with, with, with this miraculous process, this crazy process of giving birth to a baby boy, her response, she says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. 
Mary is one incredible character here in the story of the birth of Jesus. I don't think God just chose any random person to be the mother of his son, but I think he specifically picked, I think he specifically chose Mary to be the mother of his son. Because with how bizarre this would sound, Mary believed it. She believed that this was possible. She believed that with God, nothing is impossible. And we're kind of reaffirmed of this idea in verse 45 as Mary is talking with Elizabeth. And Elizabeth says of Mary, and blessed is she, blessed are you, Mary, who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And so Mary was blessed because when this angel told her this bizarre news that she was a virgin and that she was going to give birth to the son of God, not, not, just, any, not just any son, but the son of God, what did Mary do? She believed it. She believed it. I would love to think that I would believe this message too. If an angel came and told me that, hey, your, your wife is going to give birth to the Son of God if this angel was truly sent from God. I would like to believe that I would believe this message. But quite frankly, I, I don't think I would have it in me to, to believe it and, and to, to be obedient to this calling. As Mary, she had phenomenal faith in the Lord our God. If it were me, I, I would have been trying to explain it away. Oh, maybe it was just a hallucination or a vision that I was taking place. There's many ways of which you could explain it. But Mary, she didn't try to explain it away. Simply, she was obedient to her calling of being the mother of the Son of God. And she was blessed because she said, let it be to me according to your word. Even if it was an impossible feat, she had faith that God could do it. Because with God, nothing is impossible. And she re remained obedient to this otherwise impossible calling, this otherwise impossible will that God had in her life. And so as we take a look at this Christmas story, we're not going to read the actual birth of Jesus. We'll do that later on in the month. But as we talk about this Christmas story, and as we look at it through the perspective of Mary, the mother of the Son of God, we learn a very, very important truth. We learn that when God's will is made clear and when, God, and when we obey God's will in our life, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when God's will is made clear to us and we obey God's will in our life. If that's the case, nothing is impossible. Mary believed in the impossible. Mary believed that she, as a virgin, could give birth to a baby boy. She believed in the impossible because with God, nothing is impossible. 
And so this will that God had for, for Mary's life, it was made clear to her as the angel Gabriel delivered this news to her. But not only did she believe this news, but she was obedient to her calling. She, she could have been uh, destructive. She, she could have done everything in her power to try and not make this happen. But she was obedient to her calling to be the mother of the Son of God. What a high calling to be the mother of the Son of God. But God's will in Mary's life, it was made clear. And Mary, she obeyed God's will in her life. And because of this, she had the profound understanding that with God, nothing is impossible. Because when God's will in our life is clear and we obey that will, nothing is impossible. So that's kind of a, a small equation that, that we can learn uh, through the example of Mary and, and going over the Christmas story through the perspective of Mary. But, there, but there might, we, we might run into two issues with this equation of when God's will in our life is clear and we obey that will, nothing is impossible. We might run into two issues with this equation. Number one, God's will might not be clear in our lives. And number two, we might not obey God's will, God's calling in our life. And so let's talk about each of these potential issues that, that we may face as God's children today in 2020. So I'm guessing for, for most of us, uh, a, a lot of us may, may struggle with this first issue of God's will not being clear in our lives. At least most of us probably struggle with, with, with the first issue in comparison to the second issue. And so Mary, she, she was blessed. Mary was blessed as an angel of the Lord and came and told her in an audible voice uh, of what God's will was for her life. And so she had, she had it pretty good in, in this instance, as God's will was made pretty clear to her. She was blessed in this sense. But for most of us, that is not going to be the case. For most of us, God is not going to reveal his will in our life in a big, dramatic way like he did by sending the angel Gabriel and, and talking to Mary. If that is you, if God has delivered his will for you and your life in a big and dramatic way, you are blessed. You, you are blessed, and I'm jealous of you be, be, because it, it just doesn't happen too often. For most of us, God reveals his will for us through obedience and the transformation of our mind. And, you know, we, we actually read this passage earlier in the service. Karen read the, the, this passage. They didn't know I was even going to use this. But in Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 uh, through 2, Paul kind of talks about this process, that if we are obedient and we transform our mind, then we can decipher what is the will of God. And so Paul, in, in the letter to uh, the church in Rome, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so that by testing you may discern what is the will of God of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 
And so here in, in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul informs us that if we present ourselves to God in a holy and acceptable fashion, and if we don't conform to the patterns of the world, if we don't fall into the same traps of sin that the rest of the world are falling into, but rather if we are transformed by the renewal of our mind through God's word and through prayer, then... Then, by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. So if we are living a holy and acceptable life, if we are living a life that is different from the rest of the world, the world that is corrupted and evil and fallen into the snares of sin, if we are different from them, if, if we are transformed, then we can discern what is the will of God. This is the process that, that most of us will experience in how we decipher what is and what isn't God's will in our lives. And so a lot of us, we, we, we lack direction in our life. And a lot of us, we, we, we simply just wait around, waiting for God to show us, waiting for God to tell us what his will in our life is. And you, and you know, that, that, that can be valid as, as it's important to know what God's will in our lives are. But rather than, than just putting your focus on trying to figure out what God's will in your life is, I would encourage you to put your focus on obeying God. To put your focus on living a holy and acceptable life. To put your focus on not conforming to the patterns of the world. And to put your focus on being transformed by the renewal of your mind. And it's through this process, it's when we put our focus on this process, that God will slowly and eventually reveal his will for us in our lives. Chances are it's not going to be in some grand fashion that God will reveal his will to you. That may happen to some of us, that happened to Mary here. But for most of us, we're going to decipher, we're going to be able to determine what God's will in our life is by focusing on being obedient to God and by focusing on pleasing God in our daily lives. And so if you're someone this morning who, who struggles to, to, to know, who struggles to determine what God's will in your life is, that I encourage you to take the focus off of trying to figure out what God's will is. And I, and I encourage you to put your focus on just trying to live a life that is pleasing to God. Because I think it's in that process of, of when we are living a life that is pleasing to God. I think it's in that process that God will reveal his will for you for you, and your life. So put your focus on living a pleasing life to God, and eventually, uh, through a process, I think God will reveal his will for you. And so that's the first issue that, that some of us may run into uh, when we come to this equation of if God's will is made clear and we obey that will, nothing is impossible. The second issue that we may run into in this equation is that sometimes we don't obey God's vision in our life. So the first step is knowing what God's will in your life is. But after you know what God's will in your life is, some of us choose not to obey God's vision in our life. You know, it was made very clear to Mary what God's will was for her. And Mary had a decision. She, she, she could have obeyed this will, this calling that God had for her. 
or she could have disobeyed this, the, this will, that this calling that God had for her to be a loving mother to the Son of God. And Mary, even though it seemed impossible, she was obedient to this calling, and she went forward with this. And spoiler alert, she, she gave birth to the Son of God, and she was obedient, even though it seemed impossible. And some of us, we, we, we feel like we, we may have an understanding of what God's will in our life is. But then we, we, we start to dig into the numbers. We, we start to think in the probabilities of, of, can this really be possible? Well, let me tell you, if God's will, if God's vision for you in your life is clear and you are obedient, then nothing is impossible. Some people let the improbabilities of God's will in our life prevent us from obeying God's will. Thank the Lord that Mary did not let this stop her because the probability was against her. All the numbers, all the statistics, all the previous births in the world, they were all going against her. All the numbers were going against her. But she had a firm understanding that with God, nothing is impossible. And so if you're someone who feels like God is calling you to a big, grand task, I would encourage you to follow up with it, to obey this will that God has in your life. Because even if it may not seem like it's possible, even, even if it doesn't seem like, like, like you can make an impact, a difference, a change in this world, let me tell you, nothing is impossible with God. And I love this example of Mary in this Christmas story, the, the, the true reason for the season. As Mary, she, she was obedient to her will, she, or God's will in her life. She was obedient to her calling. And because of this, because of this, against all probability, she gave birth to the Son of God. That is incredible. Now, I'm not sure that, that, that God is calling any of us to, to um, bear a, another son of God, but I do know that God has a will for you. God has a direction for you. And first off, that will needs to be made clear to us. And so first off, we, we, we need to focus on being obedient to God. We need to put our focus on living a pleasing life to God. It's when we do that, it's when we do that, that God will reveal his will to us so that by testing, we can discern what is the will of God. And then once God has revealed that will to us, then we must be obedient to that will, to that vision, and to that calling. And so as we live our lives, we need to pray to God for us to be sensitive to his lead and, and pray for us to be sensitive to his will in our lives so, so that we can see his direction in our life, so that we can have God's will in our lives be clear and we can be obedient to that will. Because God is calling each and every one of you to something. I can't tell you what that is. That, that's not my job. That's not my role. That's not my responsibility as a pastor. I can't tell you what God's will in your life is. 
I can encourage you uh, on this journey of discovering God's will, and I encourage you on this journey of obeying God's will in your life. But it's up to you, and it's up to your relationship with God to discover what God wants from you. And again, I can't emphasize this enough, but that our focus needs to be on living a pleasing life to God. And when our focus is there, I think God's will is made more clear to each and every one of us. And so we as a church, we as the, as the North Hills Church, we can be a church that seeks God's will in our life. And we can, we truly can accomplish the impossible. Just like Mary, the virgin mother of the Son of God. We have the ability to accomplish the impossible. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you uh, for your son. I thank you uh, for delivering him to us all. I thank you for using Mary uh, to give birth to your son. And I thank you for her uh, brilliant example here, her, her example of obeying your vision, obeying your will in her life. And Father, I just pray that this morning we can all learn from her example that we can all uh, discern, we can all decide what your will is in our lives. And I pray that once we discern what is your will in our lives, I pray that we are obedient to that calling. I pray that we are obedient to your will, just like Mary, the mother of your precious son, Jesus. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.